Hey Pivoters, it's Jamie here. I am really happy to bring you this bonus episode that I recorded with Dr. Alexandria White that closes out our season three officially. And Tom and I are on hiatus as we prep for season four, but we're also creating some new resources to help you with your pivot. In fact, we are super excited to share with you that we have added a series of group workshops called the Pivoter Academy to our consultation services. Really, we created these because we recognize that not everyone can afford nor do they want one-on-one consultation. To learn more about these workshops, please visit our website at pivotingoutofedu.com and click on Pivoter Academy. We hope you join us for a workshop and get ready because we'll soon be launching season four of Pivoting Out of EDU. Hello, and welcome to season three of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education toward other opportunities. Hosts Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard pivoted out of campus-based positions and have experienced success by translating our education skills into a new career path. With almost 16,000 downloads across our 35 episodes in our previous seasons, the need is clear and we're back for Season 3. For show notes and information about the podcast, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. Our inboxes are clear that you all need support with your pivot. Therefore, if you're thinking about pursuing an opportunity outside of your campus-based position or know someone who is, check out our website for pivoting resources and our consultation services. If you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Now, sit back and get ready to be inspired. Hello and welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU. I am Jamie Hoffman and I'm here this week with a very special co-host, Dr. Alexandra White. Um, You may recognize her name, um, not just because she's fabulous and um, uh, very engaged on social media and supporting folks pivoting out of EDU, but also because she was a guest on our second season, I believe, of Pivoting Out of EDU. And the irony being, um, the day that you were the guest on our podcast was the one podcast episode I missed because I was at a She Is Beautiful little uh, women's walk with my two daughters, so I didn't get to meet you. Um, so Tom got to meet you, and he's like, oh, my gosh. She's one of my favorites. You have to, you have to meet her. And now, um, not that I'm competitive, Tom, if you're listening to this, but I feel like we're like definitely more besties than you were with Tom. <laughs> but <laughs> I am so um, excited to have you on on this episode and to be collaborating with you. You are uh, you're welcome to introduce yourself further, but just wanted to acknowledge. Um, you're the Senior VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at a consulting firm called Ruby Excel, and you're an adjunct faculty member. And on top of that, which is how I learned of you, of you actually, um, you are the creator and um, primarily a primary administrator of the Student Affairs Moms Group, the SAMS Group, which I joined very early on and have found that a place um, that has been very helpful for my own um, sort of juggling of the two identities of being a student affairs professional and a mom. So thank you so much for being willing to collaborate. 
Definitely, definitely. I'm so excited about um, just spending time with you in this space. I love, love the passion that you and um, Tom have for helping people reimagine their lives. Um, yes, I'm Dr. Alexandria White. I use the pronoun she and her. And I have the privilege of just being in this space, helping people reimagine their lives. And when I'm in the classroom, when I'm not consulting with companies on DEI um, objectives, I help people. I help people in higher ed. Do you want to leave? Um, do you want to leave higher ed? And if you do, contact me. Let's unpack some things. You are worth. Um, and there's some options. And higher education is not going anywhere. Yeah. are not going anywhere. Take a chance. And so right. that is what I'm doing. And now. I've had the lens of discussing with a lot of black professionals, right, on why they and there there's some themes and some factors. And I think I appreciate you and Tom wanting to, you know, unpack that and hearing from them. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited because I, you know, people may not know this, but I am white and Tom is white and we have sought to make sure that we add diversity on our episodes and such. But the one narrative that I feel like we've just really not been able to address is this fact that like, not only do a lot of our guests find out about positions through networking, um, but also a, a lot of them do have some cultural capital um, or so, social capital to be able to pursue some of these opportunities they're pursuing. And, and some don't, right? Like we, we sought to, to have, you know, various perspectives, but like, I've always just been like, I don't think networking is the same for everyone. I don't think leaving a position is the same for everyone. Um, you know, and, and certainly, you know, we, I know we're going to talk more at another time about, uh, what it, how it might differ for women and how it might differ for moms. But, you know, in talking with you, I've really appreciated the lens that you've shared um, specifically pertaining to Black professionals pivoting out of EDU, notably campus-based positions. So I'd love if you could, if you, you know, just elaborate on what are some of the differences that you're seeing um, that are sort of a struggle, internal struggle, and maybe even external that Black professionals are experiencing as they think about this pivot. Yes. So I have had the benefit of coaching a lot of um, Black professionals out of higher ed. And of course, during my coaching, you ask powerful questions. And some of those powerful questions result in things. And some of the things that I have seen with people who have always worked in higher education is I'm a first gen. I am the most educated, possibly the most successful in my particular family. And I can't take a chance and go into another sector and not succeeding, right? Um, I'm a first gen. And so pivoting out of something that I knew was scary because I am the most educated um, in my family. Um, and I often have that extra tax of helping family members financially, and I can't mess up, right? Then it's the part of imposter syndrome as well as do I even have the transferable skills? And I can't leave higher education without another job. And then let's talk about the financial aspect. Being a first gen, $80,000 looks different for you than for a first gen. And for many people, I know a lot of um, Black professionals, African-Americans, they are charged with the tax of sometimes reaching back and taking care of families. And so when I asked the question, 
what's preventing you? Some of them said student loans. I had to take out student loans because I was a first gen and my family did not have that college fund available. Now I have to pay them back and I have to stay in higher education so that I can get that loan forgiveness, right? All of these factors have came into play when I have coached and helped some of my Black colleagues reimagine their lives outside of higher ed. And so when I think about that, like this is a thing. She said that, he said that, they've said that. Maybe it's across the board. And then I asked it on social media. And we will unpack possibly in our, in our next episode on some of those answers. And we will hear from um, Black professionals who are still in higher education, student affairs, and also some that I have coached out who have sometimes doubled and tripled their salary. And then I've, there's people who have left and they still feel that, that guilt. What about, um, what about the students that look like me? What about those black and brown students that look like me? So all of that are things that we can unpack as well. Yeah, I, I know that, you know, the, the, the latter was one that you mentioned to me in another conversation. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is I mean, we know the relevance of having mentors, um, notably to increase the, the you know, number of folks going into STEM majors. And, you know, and if you're one of those mentors and you're leaving, that is just really an extra heavy weight um, that you're taking with you. And, um, and that, that is a lot. And I'm curious, you know, what is some advice that you give to folks that are really concerned about that in particular? I always tell people to um, think outside the box. If you don't have a mentor, a sponsor, or a coach, what do you have? You have access to social media. You have access to great podcasts and communities such as Pivoting Out of um, EDU. What do you have? Let's utilize the free and the available things that you do it. And then let's unpack how are you going to maximize that? If you're going to get in these groups and, and read and post, how are you going to maximize that? And how you maximize that is have a plan. The plan can include, okay, I might not be able to leave my position at University X this summer, but I plan to do it by, by next year. And so that gives me time to have a plan and utilize some of these free resources that can help me um, reimagine myself. No, that makes a lot of sense. And and what about the you know what about the folks though that are afraid that they're letting down people? How do you kind of give them reassurance? I made a post. I think it got like a thousand likes. And I tell people all the time, let's let's do it on the student because we are student centered. Um, because that's why many of us went into higher ed student affairs. But what about all these initiatives that I helped create at the university? What about my students? And I said, that is wonderful that you have that land. But I want you to unpack. Maybe it's not about money for you, but we're going to take money because that's something universal. Have you thought about that those students that you are so worried about and letting down, that they're graduating as seniors and they're making more money than you? And some people say, well, I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're graduating and making more money than you. Two, well, it's not about money. It's, you know, I have a passion for students and that may be. But as I talk to you, it looks like administration, um, university 
policies that they're implementing. They're giving you triple the work with the same pay from 2019. Are they concerned about your mental and physical well-being? So let's remove let's remove the money aspect because you are not about money, right? I spoke with you and your blood pressure's up. Looks like your diabetes is um, acting up. So those are some of the factors that I get people out of the, oh, I'm letting people down. Those are two lens that usually get people's wheels going and they start having that looking at how they can reimagine um, and revamp their, their career trajectory. Those are two great areas of um, sort of advice for sure. And I know that our episode here is designed to be just a kind of quick teaser and overview really. Um, And there's much more advice that you can share um, but what I'd love to to now do is maybe share some of the success stories of what you have. You know, once folks have gotten over some of those initial hurdles that are very real, um, how have you seen the pivots go? Oh, man. Um, of course. So I do have to do a disclaimer. Um, I had guilt. I had guilt as a coach, coaching out of higher ed in the profession, the the profession that um, mm-hmm. has, has allowed me to get my doctorate, has allowed me to create this wonderful Facebook group called Sam's, has allowed me to be in spaces and work at colleges and universities and community colleges. So I had that guilt, but I got over it. Um, I'm still connected mm-hmm. to higher. Still love student affairs, higher ed, but it is okay. We can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I do not mind coaching people out um, of higher ed. There's so many successes. I was thinking of one who I hope that we can interview. She was making $35,000, $35,000 with a master's degree. Workload was tremendous. Finally got the nerve to say, I want more. I want more. I want generational wealth. I want to... um, change my trajectory and I don't want to have to wait. And so now she has tripled her salary within a year, tripled, tripled, and doing the same work. They just call it in corporate. Actually, to help her guilt, she has more time now to work with the local people, local college students in town. Because when she was working in higher ed, she didn't have time to volunteer. She's tripled her salary, able to do that, and now able to do another passion of hers, which is helping people, local teenagers um, from underrepresented communities. It's, 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 it's an amazing story. Another, another person um, was so scared to pivot out um, because they were senior at a university, um, vice chancellor. Um, and, oh, what are people going to say? Quality of life improved. That is what yeah. gets me. Um, quality of life, time with family, um, losing weight, um, just quality of life, which is so important to me, has improved. Not saying that, but for that particular person, their quality of life has improved when when they pivoted out. Yeah, that makes makes sense. And I love the sort of well-rounded perspective of, yes, the finances will be more, but that's not, that's not all, you know? And, you know, it's funny because I, I loved you talking about the um, the guilt you mm-hmm. felt because I don't I don't know if Tom feels guilt, which may be, um, you know, indicative of uh, man versus woman. But 
I mean, I, I used to be the one that would initiate planning student affairs months. And I used to be the one that was like, you don't want to be a dentist. You want to go into student affairs. Like I did that with student leaders, you know, so uh-huh. I have felt very guilty. Um, yet I, I mean, I, you know, we certainly have guests on our podcast that will, that are speaking to very much leave higher ed because it has done them wrong. And quite frankly, like the expatriates group, especially with the addition of the anonymous post. I mean, there's, there's a lot of dissension about higher ed, but I think that, um, there's also a fair number of people and Tom and I fall in this bucket where it wasn't really that we wanted to leave. There were certain things we didn't like. I mean, there's certain things in every job I don't like. It was more, I wanted to pursue other things. I wanted more opportunity and I still so respect and value and quite frankly, miss campus-based student affairs positions while at the same time knowing that's just not the best fit for me right now in where I'm at in life. And to your point, it's both. And I have immense respect for vice presidents of student affairs. And I also know that like, that's just not something I ever want to do. You know, like, I mean, technically that is my current title, but it's at adjacent. But yeah, it, it can be very much like both. Right. And there's a time and a place in your life that both, can work. Um, and one of the things that I think is problematic, though, is that we are training college students and student leaders to imagine the life ahead of them and like, don't rule out possibilities and go be a business leader and go be this. But our profession trains you only to think about a future in that profession. So ironic to me. That is so ironic. We, I, I can remember orientation sessions in, in uh, first-year seminars telling people to explore the world, go to study abroad, go do this, go live your best life, and you're going to have multiple careers in your life. But then they, it's like they want to brainwash us that we can only be student affairs professionals. And no, you can, you, there's so much more. Our skills are transferable. And for people who are like me, colleges and universities have been around hundreds of years. You can always pivot back, but take a chance, people. It's okay. It is okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, you know, that's a great way to sort of close out is, you know, having people realize and yes, honor the challenges. Um, but know that there there is another path. Sometimes right. it's not better. I mean, truthfully, I don't want to say not better. It is better. But there's pros and cons to everything, right? Like, I don't think there's anything that can replace the connection that I felt and the joy I felt empowering student leaders and seeing them going on to being these amazing leaders in society. That's just not replaceable. But, like... I also, you know, don't take work home with me in the same way that I ever did. I mean, I do work from home, but like still, you know, I don't, I'm not stressed about how I was treated, you know, as a second class citizen when I worked in student, you know, affairs by faculty or, you know, all of the other things, right, that that are things that we take home with us. So there is 
there is another world out there. And that's what I think is just important for people to know and think of it. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, and then we, you know, we can, we can um, sign off, but I was talking to someone and she, her birthday is in August and she worked in student affairs. And she said for the last five years, she never celebrated her birthday because it was an August. And I think about that and that impacted her. She could never celebrate her birthday. And I said, how did that make you feel? And she would always have to tell people, oh, I have to wait to what? After Labor Day, right? And what is it in September? (laughs) Um, Memorial Day in May and Labor Day is in September. Yes. Um, Oh, we can celebrate my birthday after, after Labor Day. The rest halls will be open. All the training will be done. And I said, your birthday is not in September. It was that little yeah. thing. Never got to celebrate a birthday in August. That's, that's amazing. Um, and yet, I'm sure everybody has like a thing like that, right? That they could, you know, Tom, I know, never took summer vacations because he did orientation for most of his career. And, you know, crossing over to the other, the mom's aspect, I mean, the main reason for my my pivot out of student affairs is because I was just like, why did I have this kid if I'm only going to see her for like an hour at the end of the day? Despite the fact that I worked with student leaders and clubs and orgs that met at night. And so I asked, could I work a flexible schedule like two days a week, like 12 to eight or something when the students are on campus. And I was like, well, no, you know, we don't do that because if we do that, then everybody will want to do this. And, and I mean, I sort of understand that that's the culture, but for me, I was like, uh, no, that's stupid. I didn't, you know, I didn't have her to not ever see her. Um, and I know that kind of crosses over to the nexus of, you know, other conversations that we'll have about student affairs, mom specifically, um, and, you know, obviously many, anyone that is a parent and or someone even now at this point caring for elderly parents are dealing with a lot of the similar um, challenges. So, um, I mean, all of that said, um, we know that there are a lot of folks out there that need support with pivoting. Um, Tom and I have been offering um, group sessions at a much lower cost than our one-on-one consulting and Mario Bell, one of the um, other kind of um, leaders in our pivoting out of eating group, group, has offered some networking sessions. And I know you have been just uh, as much as you can coaching and consulting black professionals. And we just acknowledge that there's a great need there. So for anyone listening that has interest, um, please be sure to check out our LinkedIn page um, and our website. We will be listing, we're going to be hosting over the summer a, um, a webinar, a Pivoters Live webinar for specifically Black professionals looking to pivot out of campus-based positions. And yes, we will include some of the tactical information that we share with everyone, um, but it is also important to kind of honor this unique experience. Um, so, so please, you know, tune in and, and follow along to learn more about that. And wanted to do, is there anything that you wanted to, to add about, uh, about what we have? Looking forward to it. I think um, the listeners will, I think the listeners will hear a different aspect of pivoting. Um, and some of the extra things, yeah. uh, different people's intersectionalities add to just leaving a career that you've just been doing straight out of, you know, college or from undergrad to being a professional. Yeah. Which, so looking forward to it. 
Stay tuned. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Dr. White, for uh, chatting with me today. And I'm really looking forward to our future collaborations. And we will put your LinkedIn information if, in case anybody does want to co- uh, connect you with you for general advice or coaching. Um, but also, you know, to our listeners, do check out our, our webpage as well as our LinkedIn community where we'll, we will be um, sharing other opportunities that you can learn and engage with us. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. For show notes and more information about the podcast and our consultation services, visit pivotingoutofedu.com.